Hey everybody and welcome to another episode with your girl YB Oh my god you guys, I did something stupid <laughs> So I had to delete my previous uh, recorded and edited version of for Eminem Because somehow the audio turned out pretty fucked So yeah, I have to redo this again But it's okay, I can retell the story again Okay, let's get on to it Anyway, I did not expect to get such a response for this new segment of True Crime. I'm glad. So, so glad. And thank you for your feedbacks and all. I really appreciate it. So, if you're interested for me to talk about someone you are thinking of, you know, like, mm, what happened to this murderer? Uh, head over to my link on my Instagram at WTT.YB and let me know, okay? Also, selamat berpuasa, y'all. Raya coming. Bazaar open. And I've yet to go. To be honest, the one in Singapore. But the queue... Oh my god, what the fuck is that, man? Uh, it's insane. Like, you have to wait like three hours just to get in. Mm, is it worth it? Hmm. But the Malaysian one was awesome. I went to Tebing. I really love it. There's like food trucks and all. And I can't wait to go in some more. Like, check check the rest out yep uh, uh, as per usual before we proceed warning the following content contains explicit language which may be offensive to some listeners and is inappropriate for children the content is intended for mature audiences only listeners discretion is advised all right so today let's travel all the way to indonesia I love Indonesia, I love the food, I love the scenery, I love the people, it's like comfort whenever I go to Indonesia. The only thing I got shocked at when I went there for the first time was, um, they eat dogs. <laughs> I mean, not all of them, of course, but yeah, they have dog in the menu, please no. Petition to wipe off dog meat in the whole world. YB for president, thanks. <laughs> Tiba, okay, anyway. Last podcast, we talk about Noni's Kechorable. Today, we'll be talking about Ahmad Unbearable, aka Ahmad Suratji, a serial killer. Now, when I read about Ahmad, I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> you will know why. <laughs> so, let's get to it, okay? So, Ahmad Suratji was born on 10 January 1949 in Medan, Indonesia. Hello, Mr. Capricorn. Ya Allah. Sorry, my cat, get down. Yeah. Okay, so Ahmad also goes by two other names, Datuk Maringi and Nasib Kalawang, Kalawang. Yeah, meaning of Kalawang, which I found interesting, was um, the meaning of it is a class of bladed weapon between the sword and the machete found in Indonesia and Malaysia. So Nasib Kalawang is like the fate of the blades. <laughs> Tell me about it, right? Coming from a serial killer. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> anyway, it was known that he was often neglected by his parents. Uh, he was apparently different as a young boy and had trouble making friends. This would let him able to do things alone. But for Ahmad, it was lonely and he felt outcasted by everything. Uh, he did not do well in school and thus the beginning of life of crime. Now at 19, it was his first time going to prison where he had to serve 10 years for petty crimes and public violence. Barely two years after being released, he was back behind bars for cattle theft. Curit lembu. 
So when he was released again, it was known that Ahmad felt he wanted to get rid of his bad reputation. He wanted to change over a new leaf lah, you know. He hated how people were treating him. So he aspired to be like his father, open quote. I aspired to follow in the footsteps of my father as I did not learn sorcery from anyone else other than him, end quote. So he was 37 years old at the point of time when he began the murders. Now, Ahmad, he earned a living as a cattle breeder, but also as a dukon. For those that do not know, dukon means shaman, where their role is of a traditional healer, spirit medium, custom and tradition experts. Basically, someone who uses black magic. Lah, yeah? So, Ahmad had a reputation where he ran a sorcerer's home where the majority of his clientele were women who would seek help with his spiritual powers to enable them to look beautiful, find good fortune, or even prevent their spouses from having feelings for other women. Oh, and get this. This Ahmad, <laughs> he is a player. He has not one, not even two, but three wives. <laughs> Like, I've always wondered, how can someone deal with, like, three different women at once? I mean, let's be real, okay? One woman is already a handful. I always tell my husband, like, you have one of me, but you got to deal with, like, multiple personalities. So, you don't have to marry another one because every day, new character unlock. <laughs> but, yeah. Hold on, uh, my cats are... Hello. But yeah, maybe this was a time that uh, it was a simpler time, you know? Like, it was way back in, like, what? 1960s, 70s, you know? Yeah. Oh, and get this, uh, all three wives, <laughs> they are sisters. <laughs> I kid you not. Sisters from the same mother and the same father, and they all married the same guy. So, there is... Tumini was the eldest, Tumina the second, and Tumino, no just kidding, Ngatia was the third. So it's Tumini, Tumina, Ngatia was the third. Yeah, so now Ahmad owns a house that has a sugarcane plantation, so it is huge, okay? So in 1986, Ahmad had a dream one night, okay? In his dream, his father had come to him with an important message. His father said in the dream, Ahmad, if you kill 70 women, you will become more powerful and you'll be able to perform stronger acts of magic. You will also be a mystical healer. And of course, all these don't come for free. You can't just kill and then be done. No, Ahmad, nay, nay. What you must do is, you must consume the saliva of this 70 women for these spiritual powers. So when Ahmad was convicted, right, like during trial, Ahmad had said this, uh, quote, My father did not specifically advise me to kill, so I was thinking it would take ages if I had to wait to get 70 women. Because I was trying to get it fast as possible, I used my initiative to kill. That was why from 1986 until now, I have killed 42 women. End quote. Rabat. Rabat So the murders took place between 1986 to 1997. 
okay the victims range from 17 years old to 40 years old i mean he probably thought like these women are not gonna give me their saliva just like that so i'm probably going to kill them weird right <laughs> now ahmad did not find the need to go about unlike most killers to get the victims because he used it to his advantage of being a dukon since women are coming to him and that is how he gets his victims like he would tell them he needs to do this and the woman will follow only to follow their own demise Ahmad would also charge this woman I mean of course like you know like this black magic all <laughs> they're never free <laughs> like before he began healing I'm using the word lightly uh, healing uh, because technically he killed them so yeah he would charge them amounts of ranging from $200 to $400 and this was in 1980 so this amount were like huge okay and only after receiving money he will kill them later on so like Ahmad was like killing is tiring so why not make money from it siap kan you imagine you pay someone to die <laughs> what now Ahmad's first victim was Tukiem aka Iem in December 1986 she went over to Ahmad's home around 6 in the evening She wanted to be successful, so when word got out how credible Ahmad was, she decided to head over. Ahmad then took EM to the Sei Semayang Sugarcane Plantation area, about one kilometer from his house. Mm. So Ahmad had brought a hoe, rope and sack while EM followed behind. When they found a suitable location for the ritual, Ahmad asked EM to hold the flashlight to illuminate the ground he was going to dig. Ahmad then dug a hole about 1 meter deep, 1 meter long and about 70 cm wide using the hole. Ahmad then told Iem to enter the hole where her hands and feet were tied with the rope. So when Iem laid in the hole, Ahmad used the soil to cover her, but she was only buried from her feet to her chest. So Ahmad then would squat in front of Iem. He would rest her head on his thigh and his left hand would cover Iem's mouth and nose while his right hand would strangle her. Now Iem could not do anything as not only were her hands and feet tied but she was like buried halfway and you know like I don't know whether you guys been to the beach and like dig a hole and bury your body it can be heavy now you imagine soil mhm mhm yeah so em unfortunately she died on a spot and then amat perform another ritual using em saliva really nasty then he would lift em up untie the ropes strip em naked afterwards he would bury her again in the same place now Ahmad also believed like after killing and drinking their saliva which I'm honestly curious like how do you use a cup a syringe what Ahmad how <laughs> oh my gosh it's it's weird <laughs> and disgusting but anyways after all that thing is he would bury them with their heads pointed towards his house He believed the placement would further enhance his magical powers. 
Now, this was how Ahmad would do to all his victims. He would tell them they need to go out to the plantation, tie their hands and feet, bury half their body in, strangle them, unbury, untie, drink saliva, strip them naked, then bury them full with their heads facing the house. Like, how fucking weird is that, man? <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I understand you had an assignment, but what the like after killing it was said that Ahmad would be seen doing his usual activities like farming and attending to his cattle like as if nothing happened and he got along with his neighbours oh and it was also known that Ahmad was a type of neighbour where others actually respected like he would volunteer his time to help out when needed particularly when someone falls sick like he will also give money to charitable causes and this helped promote Ahmad. You know, like people recommend him as a good, like a go-to person because he's like a good person and everything. And like if anyone was seeking magical healing services, Ahmad, call Ahmad. He's the best. Yeah. So that was how it is. So yeah. So his next victim was Yusnir, aka Nir, who was killed around March 1987. Same thing. And the next was a woman in Tomblo, and that was in 1988. Other victims included Rusmina, aka Papi, that was August 1989, Diduk and Rusmiani in June 1992, Sulianti, also known as Yanti, in June 1992, Irdayanti, 28 October 1992, Sadim, 17 December 1992, very busy year for Ahmad, Kunil, January 1993, and these were the ones that were named, lah, eh? like the others, they didn't really put a list out, but yeah. The last victim was Sri Kamala Devi, and she was murdered on 23rd April 1997. Four days after Dewi died, the residents of Duson Aman Damai were shocked when they found a naked corpse in a sugarcane field. So, this was what happened to Dewi. So, Dewi, uh, she was a 21-year-old woman who was known to have quarreled with her ex-husband, Tumin, a lot. The husband, ex-husband name is Tumin, ah. Like, there was one point, the police even suspected it was Tumin that killed Dewi. But there was not enough evidence gathered against him. So what happened was Dewi had actually hired Andreas, a 15-year-old rickshaw puller, to take her to Ahmad's residence. She requested Andreas to keep her whereabouts a secret and told Andreas she didn't need him to fetch her. Now, three days later... When her naked and decomposing body was found, the police, like, they were called in, lah, yeah? And it was so sad, you know, because um, when I was reading about the articles and all, like, it stated that Dewi's mom, she could recognize her daughter just by looking at her legs. And at this point, no one knew, like, what happened when Dewi was last seen running errands. So remember I said that Dewi's ex-husband was suspected? Yeah, so when the rickshaw puller Andreas heard this, he immediately went to the police. Good for you, Andreas. Only 15 years old, but what he did is really good, you know. So Andreas told the police that 
on 24th April 1997, Dewi had asked him to bring her to Datuk, aka Ahmad Unbearable. And Dewi had went there late at night. So when Andres was being curious, he asked Dewi, but Dewi was like, Kau jangan kepo boleh tak? I mean, she didn't say that lah, but she was like, don't be... She didn't really tell him like, it's none of your business, uh, like that. So the word got out, right? And then the head of the village, like, they were the ones who dug the body up, okay? And and he recounted, I mean, the head of the village, he recounted that Ahmad, on 27 April 1997, like, four days after, he was asking, like, what the commotion was about, you know? So when the head village told him, like, babe, kita jumpa mayat siul, kecoh babe. This Ahmad, he was like, or maybe it's a ghost. <laughs> like if someone tells you they found a body and then you tell them, oh, maybe it's a ghost. <laughs> like, what the hell? He's not even trying. Ahmad, you're not even trying, man. Like, what is his behavior, Ahmad? You know? And you know that the best part was, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at the situation, okay? I'm, I'm not. Because it is a sad thing that happened. But, I'm laughing because this fucking Ahmad... Okay, so when they dig the body out, right? There were six men. Ahmad was one of those men last year to help dig the body up. <laughs> Ahmad, what is this? Apa ni? Like, guys, I cannot with this Ahmad. Like, ugh. He... <laughs> okay, never mind. Let's move on. So during trial... Ahmad stated that Dewi had come over because she wanted her ex-husband back. Like, she wanted Ahmad to ensure that Tumin would never go to another woman or even leave her. Ahmad also said that that night, Dewi was scared because, like, they had to walk through the cemetery to get to the sugarcane plantation. Red flag, uh, guys. Like, serious. Okay? Anywhere you need to walk past cemetery or what? No. Paitau. Okay? But Ahmad told Dewi it was fine, you know. However, Dewi, she insisted that Ahmad's wife to accompany them for the ritual. And that was how the wife got to know about the murders. I mean, it was unclear if all three wives went, but his first wife, Tumini, she helped her, by the way. Like, okay. So while doing the ritual, Ahmad also said that he had to calm Dewi down for a while because Dewi was like freaking out. As she should, okay? So when he finally killed her and sucked her saliva out, Tumini, the wife, had helped him remove her clothings and put them in a plastic bag. And this was also the night when all three wives found out about Ahmad's killing spree. Yeah. Like he claimed, I mean he claimed that they didn't know about it, you know, until Davy's body was discovered. But I don't know, man. Like, I'm assuming if these three sisters were able to marry the same guy, it shows that they are really close, right? So, you think they will hide this huge secret among each other? If they are that close? Hmm, yeah. So, when Andreas came forward and all, you know, police immediately head over to Ahmad's house to question him. Stella was denying the alleged murder, but then the police found Dewi's handbag, dress, bracelet, and Ahmad knew at this point he cannot bullshit his way out. So he was arrested on 30th April 1997. 
Uh, he went through a four days of interrogation where he finally confessed to killing 42 women and they were all buried in a sugarcane field. Wow. Wow as fuck. 42 women. That is bloody a lot. So the police and military, they worked together to dig these bodies out. Okay. So Dewi, uh, she was easy to identify because like she was fresh, like the recent. Okay. So four bodies were then discovered and shortly identified because families began stepping forward. Four other bodies could not be identified and they were sadly cremated without anyone claiming them. Most were reduced to skulls and bones and police believed there were more than 42 bodies but it was just impossible at this point. It was also known that Ahmad did not sexually violate any of his victims based on the forensics team. I mean, come on. He had three wives to do that for him, <laughs> taking turns. I'm sure Ahmad would be wear out by then. <laughs> yeah, so this, I believe, okay? Uh, there were also reports um, that Ahmad... <coughs> sorry. <laughs> there were like over 80 women who were missing, but police had no way of knowing if they, are, they were murdered by Ahmad. So this number consisted of prostitutes as Ahmad stated like when he felt business was moving slow, he would go after prostitutes to add to his body count. Horrible. I mean this is what I don't get lah. Like if you can come up with that number like oh I killed 42 people. If you really killed the others, just claim lah. I mean you're already gonna die. I mean definitely getting the life uh, life sentence or death sentence depending on the state you're in. So just admit lah, you know. Well, also, he he also, um, he if he really did manage to kill the 70 women, then he should have been powerful, right? I mean, Ahmad gonna prank, guys. Played out big time. So all these murders, they are like not worth it and should not have happened. I'm just saying, you don't trust the devil. It's just how it is. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> His three wives, Tumini, Tumina, Ngatia, were also... Uh, you know what? I'm just disappointed. It should be Tumini, Tumina, Tumino. But, never mind. Tumini, Tumina, Ngatia were also apprehended by the police. I mean, duh. Like, Tumini, you helped. But for Tumina and Ngatia, not much was said about them. Uh, but some articles stated they received a death sentence but was later overturned to life imprisonment. Others stated life imprisonment overturned to death sentence. So it was it was not really clear lah. So either way they are dead already or probably rotting in prison. So you choose okay the endings. And too many. She was tried as a accomplice, but the other two were only charged with assisting. Uh, many also believe that his ex wives were under his spell, which honestly that could be possible, you know, like, if you think about it in the first place, uh, how the fuck you get three sisters to agree to marry to you? I mean, touch your heart and answer honestly. Like, would you share your husband with your sister? If any of you have fathers who are married to siblings, like, second, third wife are siblings to the first, or even related, can you guys let me know, please? Because I'm really freaking curious. Like, how does that work? <laughs> anyway... Ahmad was then tried at Lobok Pakam District Court, North Sumatra, on 22nd December 1997. 
the court was full house, yo. And because of the huge crowd that had gathered, the government of Delhi Serdang prepared a large tent and four TV monitors for those who did not get a seat in court. So considerate. Unlike nonis. Nonis, everyone was just like, scram, get lost. <laughs> but this one, they prepare, sir, the area. <laughs> and then four platoons of police were assigned to guard the trail. That's a lot, huh? Like four platoons, yeah. Oh my god. So at first, Ahmad denied all allegations in court, claiming that the police were brutal during the interrogation and he was threatened to admit to these alleged murders. Even Tumini, the first wife, she denied the accusations and said that the prosecutors were just lying. <laughs> now, this trial was so kecho and so big that they had to have three judges, okay? Three judge panel. Like, Singapore Idol. <laughs> like, what? So, after months of trial, finally a verdict was given on 27 April 1998 and Ahmad was sentenced to death. In August 2004, Ahmad and Tumini had appealed to the President Megawati Sukarno Putri Requesting clemency, but of course it was rejected. Ahmad actually requested to meet his family, including Tumini, as his final request and it was fulfilled. On 10 July 2008, 10 years later, Ahmad was sentenced to death by firing squad. Before he died, he had given one last interview where he actually stated, quote, The black magic came from God. I don't have it anymore. I have repented. I hope I have a chance to live. Firstly, which God am I? Black magic? God gave? Logic? <laughs> Secondly, you hope to live. Then how about like those women? Like I know it is shitty already to go to a dukun. But it is your last thing that you did. And it looked like, like as a sin, you know. But you... He didn't give them a chance to even repent. Such a trash man. But he's dead now, so yeah. It was also said he gave religious advice to fellow inmates. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like, I hate it when they get to repent. I mean, obviously at the end of the day, it's between them and God, but... Yeah. Anyway, he had apparently stopped being a dukon and converted to Islam. He became devoted to... He was also known to be very popular. Like as a serial killer, it led him to being kind of a celebrity. Okay, like guys, get better idols. Like Bailey would say. Like what the fuck? You know how some people like look up to these killers? Like hello, kau dah kenapa? Stop idolizing criminals. Especially murderers, rapists, abusers. Like no, just don't. Girl, stop. So that's the story of Ahmad Suraji, Asia's serial killer. It is insane, man. Like, this is why I never trust Dukons. Like, I'm sorry, but please don't come for me. But there are many murders relating to Dukons. Like, you remember Mona Fendi? Yeah, that was huge, okay? Like, they even made a movie about it, which was banned in the end. Because it was just so gory as hell, you know? But you could still find it online. You guys want to watch. I forgot the title. You just put Mona Fendi movie. Yeah, it will come out, for sure. 
Yeah, but she was also a dukon, you know. And oh, and how about the shaman in Singapore that killed the small boys? Yeah, I might do a story about that. That was also fucking brutal. Anyway, secondly, again, guys, never trust the devil. Team God all the way. Hashtag. Yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Sorry, I had to re-record it. Okay, and <laughs> I hope. Mm, that you guys enjoy i said already but am i let me say it again let me know what are your thoughts about and even if you want to cover a true crime story that you are interested in head over to my ig at wtt.yb and honestly i'm glad i'm able to talk about all these yes research shampai mata Kero, but i think it is something different and i'm actually enjoying it because i love i love it i mean of course there are others who are also doing true crime but there's not much so thank god for that yeah so there's my segment <laughs> anyway um that will be all for today i hope you have enjoyed while listening you know during this pandemic try not to be a horrible person and more stupid because common sense tend to be lacking these days yeah so till next time sip sip and enjoy your scones <laughs> <laughs>